0: Good morning. Welcome to the Light of the World broadcast, a ministry of the Holy Grove Baptist Church in Bearden, Arkansas. We, we pray that you are encouraged by the word of God. God loves you and so do I. We look forward to seeing you soon. Good morning. Today's scripture will come from Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for allowing us to gather together as a church family to glorify your name. During this pandemic, we pray for healing, peace, and understanding. We ask that you bless everyone in a special way. Thank you for being so, so good to us. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: Grab the word of God in your hand. Turn to John chapter 16, verse 33, and it reads, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Our thought for today is hang on in there. It would be easy to be pessimistic about life. The economy is up and down. Social services are being cut, major corporations are falling apart at the seams, technology is obsoleting many goods overnight, families are in disarray, the stock market is on a downward spiral, the coronavirus has put people in a state of panic. I've come to suggest that things may get bad and they may even go from bad to worse. But for the believer in Jesus Christ, we can experience something in the midst of our pain and sorrow that the world cannot dare experience. We are special because the world cannot claim this, but believers can. We can experience joy in the midst of any crisis. And this answers a lot of questions that you may have today. How can someone who is terminally ill lay in a hospital bed and saying, "'Everything will be all right.'" How can someone who's going through the pain of divorce jump up and shout, I still have joy? How can someone who's lost a loved one holler out, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away? How can someone who's hampered by financial conditions, walking around with funny money, change strange, friends flaky, a hellish home, a corrupted character, a broken body, a soured spirit, folded friendships, arthritis attack, dare to stand up and say, this is my story, this is my song, I'm praising my Savior all the day long. It's simply because God has enabled us to experience separation and suffering. What do you mean? In other words, you can be in the midst of pain, but you can find joy in the midst of your pain. You can be physically hurting, but you can still have joy in your soul. You can be mentally exhausted, but still have peace of mind. So this is the tension of the text as we find Jesus and his disciples completing a pre calvary orientation. Jesus knows that it will be a few short days and he will be crucified. And in a few days, they will entomb his body. And three days later, he will rise and will sojourn for 40 days. And then he will catch the cloud shuttle and be restored to his rightful place in glory. Now, these disciples have come out from the world to become followers of Jesus. They are now strangers to the world because Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. They have left all to follow Jesus. Now that asks us a question, are we willing to leave all to follow Jesus? So in chapter 16, we see that Christ is preparing his disciples for the cross. He knows that when he leaves from the earth, that that they will be surrounded by Satan's world system, they will be left in the world. So, in actuality, this is a fair the well discourse. But the world that Jesus refers to in this interrogative is not the world in the physical sense. He is not talking about the rocks and the trees, the waters and the skies the seasons, and the suns. No, he is talking about a mean, cruel world that is controlled spiritually by Satan. Remember, Jesus tells us that you are in the world, but not of the world. So let me take a moment and tell you that this is a cruel and mean world. The old blues singer once wrote a line that talks about the attraction of the world and this world order. He said, bright lights in big city gone to my baby's head. The world system turns strong men into addicted adults. The world system turns family structure into separate ways. The world system makes a young girl look old and an old woman try to look young. The world system mocks spirituality and lifts up divinations. So in order, other words, for a believer, this world is not our home. So Jesus gives words in an upper room to prepare us for the worst and yet anticipate the best. So that's why we got to hang on in that. First off, he refers us to the words that he has spoken, although he is directly speaking to the apostles, you can share in this word. Thank God that Jesus has spoken to us. Do you realize and understand that there is power available when Jesus speaks? He can say, peace, be still, and wind and waves will take a vacation. He can speak and closed ears will open and strung up tongues will loosen. He can say, come forth and the dead man will answer from death and turn a funeral after service into a family reunion. He can say, Come hither, and a watery body can become an unusual walkway. He can say, Somebody touch me, and somebody who's reached out to him will agree with him that he's got so much power that just one touch will turn a life around. Somebody here knows that you would have given up a long time ago, but you had a word, just a word, to keep you going. You were going to quit. But you heard that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You were going to throw a pity party. But you heard that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You were going to lose your mind up in here, up in here. But he's able to keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You were going to discard all your hope. But you heard that the Lord is my light and my salvation. He says, I have spoken unto you. These things, that's what he said. He said, I have spoken to you these things, these matters, these prophecies that in me, in him, you might have peace. Now, the key here is in him doesn't matter the size of your bank account. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have hanging on your wall, but you can't get peace any other way or by any other method than by him. In him, there is peace. In him, there is rest. In him, there is quietness. In him, there is peace between individuals. In him, there is the experience of the Messiah's peace. In him, there is the way that leads to salvation, Jesus Christ. In him, there is the assurance of salvation, Jesus Christ in him. There is tremendous fellowship in him. There is intimate communion in him. There is no failure in him. There is life and life everlasting in him. There is hope and trust. So if Christ is the source of our encouragement, And peace in our lives, that simply means that the devil is the source of our discouragement. Now, make no mistake. Satan works overtime to discourage us in this life. He throws all that he can to cause us to lose sleep, to lose patience, to lose hope, to lose joy. And to lose sanity. But all I know is that through Jesus Christ, I have peace. Romans 5 and 1 says, I have peace with God the Father. Proverbs 16 and 7 says, when my ways please the Lord, I can have peace with my enemies. Hebrews 12 and 4 says, I can follow peace with all men. The world is out of control. But I have peace. The crime rate is up, but I have peace. Coronavirus is running rapid, but I have peace. There are wars and rumors of wars, but I have peace. I have seen believers go to hell and back, but yet have peace. The great Martin Luther King Jr. was arrested and placed in jail, but he wrote, he said, I have peace. The apostle Paul is shipwrecked, beaten, ridiculed, tried, tested, and still demonstrates a life of peace somebody's husband walked away and somebody's wife walked away and left them with a house full of kids and rent due but you still have peace somebody is well one day and the doctor says you're sick the next day but you still have peace and i'm going through some things right now got trouble on every hand storm clouds around me friendships dissolving and yet i still have peace I can't explain it, but I can explain it. I can't tell it, but I can tell it. I have peace because I am in him. I'm not just around him or in him, but I am in him. And the good news is. The good news is that not only am I in him, but he is in me. And I have a feeling that I'm not the only one listening to this recording that is in him. I'm not the only one who found out that without Jesus, there is no peace. But to know Jesus, there is to know peace. The peace that I have moves me to the category of the overcomer. So let me tell you, beloved, that every believer is either an overcomer or is overcome. Jesus says that in the world, in this world, this world that we are in, Jesus says you shall have or will have tribulation. This is not a might or maybe or could be, but in Christ there is peace. But in the world, in our surroundings, we will have tribulation. You will have afflictions. You will have trouble. You will have anguish and persecution. Somebody listening has had pressure all week long. You've got pressure in your family. You've got pressure on your job. You you have pressure in your checkbook. You have pressure in the church, but we live in a pressurized world. Everything is pressurized. And let me tell somebody here that if you have not had any pressure in your life, just keep on living. Pressures will come. But Jesus said that what Satan meant for evil, God meant it for good. And I have discovered when you live in a pressurized world, you get a pressurized testimony. You get a pressurized shout. You get a pressurized dance. And you don't care what others have to say. But when you're in the pressure cooker of life, you know that it was nobody but the Lord that made a way out of no way. See, in the midst Of your tribulation. Jesus. He does not say. Go ahead and give up. He does not say. Well you did your best. And you tried. So go back home. And cry. But Jesus says. To us. Be of good cheer. He says. Look. You need to cheer up. He says, you don't have to look sad and cry all the time. He says, you don't have to drop your head all the time. You, you don't have to throw pity parties all the time. He says, cheer up. And he first says, cheer up because of his pardon in Matthew nine, one through eight. He then says, cheer up because of his power in Matthew nine, 18 through 22. And then he says, "Cheer up because of his presence." In Matthew fourteen, twenty-two through twenty-seven, and if you need a reason to cheer up, you are to cheer up because he has pardoned your sins. If you need a reason to cheer up, you are to cheer up because he has power, power, wonder-working power. If you need a reason to cheer up, it is because he will never leave you nor forsake you. Notice that it's written in the present active imperative voice, meaning that you must cheer up and not just today, but every day cheer up. He goes on to say that the reason why you can cheer up is because I have overcome situation. Jesus has already conquered situations. Jesus has already prevailed in situations. Jesus has already got the victory over situations. That sounds like a point to praise his name. I can celebrate because he has overcome some things. He has overcome sickness. He has conquered sickness. He has prevailed over sickness. He has the victory over sickness. He has conquered trouble. He has overcome troubled. He has prevailed over trouble. And he has the victory over trouble. He has overcome hatred. He has conquered hatred. He has prevailed over hatred. He has the victory over hatred. He has overcome poverty. He has conquered poverty. He has prevailed over poverty. He has the victory over poverty, but most of all, he has handled death. He has overcome death. Although he died at Calvary, he has conquered death because he got up with all power in his hands. He has prevailed over death because he has the keys of death, hell and the grave. And he has the victory over death because he is still alive. You see, God can transform our sorrows into joy. The wonder is not that we have troubles, but he can give us peace in our trouble. No matter what you're going through, you can be of good cheer for he has the victory. And we have the power of the Holy Ghost, power to endure, power to face problems and the power and ability to celebrate victory. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I've got the victory, and I know if I just hang on in there, God will see me through.
0: You have been listening to the Light of the World broadcast, a ministry of the Holly Grove Baptist Church in Bridget, Arkansas. We hope you will join us next week.